Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living For Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living For Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living For Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep things simple in our homeschool, or really, you'll just hear a lot about Jesus, because I truly believe that the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we will naturally desire the things of this world, and the easier it will be to live our lives more simply. So today I wanted to talk about um, how we keep it simple a little bit in our homeschool through using real life for learning. And we're having a lot of real life learning experiences lately, so I'm going to get into that and kind of talk about how we have been over the years using real life to teach our children, but really how we're letting their interests um, kind of dictate their days and what they're learning. And uh, we'll talk about our homeschool in general, um, how I keep it simple. So before I start today, I do want to thank our podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia has a brand new resource. If you don't know Apologia, go over and check them out at Apologia.com. They're an amazing publisher of Christian resources. They have a brand new resource right now, a fall in love with science activity ebook. It has hands-on experiments um, that cover topics such as polymers, static electricity, the immune system, and more. This is for all ages, and they will enjoy the science activities. Go over to homeschool-101.com fall. I will also link that in the podcast episode web page. Um, but this is very cool. It has um, experiments, a scavenger hunt printable, coloring pages, word search, and more. So if you're looking for some fun fall activities for free, head over to Apologia and check that out. Again, I thank Apologia for being our podcast sponsor, and um, please check them out because they support us. We want to support them. So yes, I wanted to talk about our homeschool a little bit today. I'm going to kind of keep this episode a little bit more casual, just kind of tell you what's been going on here uh, lately, and we'll just see where it goes. But I do want to tell you that if you guys are following along on my Instagram, and if you're not, now is the time to follow along. If you guys are following along on my Instagram, we're going to talk about this a little bit. You're going to see some real life learning in action. My little guy has been wanting a goat forever. And I think at least a year now. And so we've been posting this sort of, <laughs> this sort of journey um, and his whole obsession with the goat. And I think there are two goats in our future. So I'm going to talk about that as well, because that's all going to tie into this topic. Um, but yeah, we've been homeschooling now for 13 years. This is our 13th year, and my oldest is graduating. So if you guys are out there and you're homeschoolers... Um, you know, you'll, you'll want to hear about how we do things, but please don't copy what we do. <laughs> I say this all the time. I love to share our stories and how things look in our homeschool. And I know people out there like to see that stuff or hear that stuff, but by no means am I saying this is the way to do homeschooling. This is just how we do it and what's worked for us. But I do believe there is a benefit for children to let real life teach them homeschooled or not, right? Letting um, life really be their teacher. And, you know, this whole thing, this whole homeschooling journey has taught me so much. And one of those things is that 
we are training our kids for life and homeschooling is really for us. I mean, there's so many facets to it, but one of the big things for us is it's life training. Um, you know, this year for the first time we had to sit down and do the standardized testing because Grace is a senior. And if she wants to go to college, um, some of those colleges require an SAT And even though most of what she has in mind that she may want to do did not require the SAT, we felt the need that, you know, you should take it and it's a good idea to do it. And so we did. And it brought about so much anxiety and stress for the both of us that I realized why all of these years I haven't taught for a test and I haven't played the game of, you know, standardized testing. So that all that to say is, um, you know, when, when the test results came back and we were both a little bit disappointed, um, you know, Steve really had to talk me, talk, talk to me, some truths into me and say, are you kidding me? Like, this is what you're about. You've been about this for home, you know, your whole homeschooling journey about how we don't teach for a test and a test doesn't define you. And as soon as you get a score that you may think wasn't, you know, the best, you're automatically upset. Cause I was like, I'm a failure. I'm the worst mom. You know, I didn't prepare her enough. And, um, I knew all of that wasn't true. So I'm being completely real and authentic and honest here to tell you that, yes, even though I know that's not true, I let those lies get in my head and get down on myself. Because here's the facts. I look at my child, you know, regardless of what she scored on that test, and to be honest with you, say she scored a perfect score, I would have been prideful. I guarantee it would have been like, yes, homeschooling works. Yes, I did a great job. (laughs) So maybe God's protecting me from that because how quickly my tune would have changed if she did, you know, a little bit better. I'm sure I would have been like, see, homeschooling is, is wonderful and I did this and I didn't, you know. But I can still look at her regardless of the outcome of the score and I can say, yes, homeschooling works. And yes, look at her. And yes, homeschooling has been the best decision for her, um, regardless of those scores, because the bottom line is those scores do not define her at all. I mean, even after she took the test and she was stressed and she said it was, you know, not a very good environment to take a test in, especially for a person who has never really been in a school to now go to the school with hundreds of kids and go to these classrooms and take this test. The whole environment itself is um, not really conducive to sitting down and, and taking the test. And, you know, it's measuring basically math and reading. And so... There's so much more to grace than math and reading. Um, So while these scores can certainly measure something, and trust me, she didn't bomb the test or anything like that. She did fine. Um, But So while the scores measure something, they don't measure hardly anything of who grace is. And, you know, so we all kind of had to sit down and, and just speak those truths and remember that and say, look, One of the reasons that we have homeschooled, and there are many, many, many reasons, but one of the reasons that we have homeschooled is because we have wanted to train our children for life and not a test. Unfortunately, in the society and the culture we live in, there's testing that is part of, you know, life to go to college. 
However, we do not put all our um, eggs in that basket at all, you know. So we feel very strongly that we wanted to homeschool our children to, yes, prepare them for life really beyond a test um, and prepare them for a future as a um, as an adult, you know, in our society, but most importantly, with a strong Christian faith who can stand strong. You know, I would rather my child know God than to do well on the SAT. You know, I, I've said that to Grace a hundred times. If you scored perfectly on the SAT, but you don't know God, then I don't feel like that's that's, you know, a success. But if you know God and and you're living for him and you're seeking him and you're truly wanting what he wants for your life, then the test is just another little part of your life. And so we have always taught our children that we want to train them for life and not just a test. And so um, in many ways that showed, I guess, when she she took the test because we did not train her for that. You know, it's funny. I was telling my son who is um, in 10th grade, you know, you're going to have to take this and, you know, in the next few years, we're going to have to really like up our game and play the game and, you know, learn all the strategies for taking the test because, you know, there's strategies and you're supposed to do this and that and, you know, watch all these videos and take all these prep courses that will teach you how to take the test. And he's like, so it's not really measuring me, it's measuring if I know how to take the test. I'm like, you know what, basically, isn't that sad? Isn't that so sad? And so I look at Grace and I'll just say, you know, I'm not trying to toot my horn at all because anything is all God that we've been through. And none of my children are perfect by any means. We all have our flaws, but I'm not going to sit here and, and talk about them to the world either. So, you know, because that's not fair to my children. But I will say that Overall, I can look at her as a person. She is so prepared for life. You know, if you're a homeschooler out there with little ones and you're thinking like, you know, am I doing enough? Are they going to be prepared for life? If you're focusing on the main things, raising godly children, children who want to seek him first above everything else, because I constantly say this, if you're seeking him first, then the rest falls into place, right? Matthew 6.33, it's our life verse. Um, if you're seeking him first, you're going to be living out your best because you are putting God at the center. So obviously that's number one, but also independent, you know, kids that are able to be prepared for life. Um, kids that are, um, strong in their beliefs that, um, are good encouragers to their friends, um, or to others. So, I mean, there's so much when I look at my daughter and I say, she is so capable to be on her own one day. At, at 17, she knows so much more than I did at 17. Um, so, you know, if you want to look at our SAT scores, I did better than her. But do you want to know where I was at in my life at 17? Not even close, not even close to where she is. She is um, very independent, um, is able to do so many things. Like 
just life skills that I did not have, that I did not know. She is, um, like, for instance, last year when, or the past couple of years, she's traveled with me when I went speaking um, a couple of times. And she, like, literally took care of everything. All right, Mom, we got to change planes. We got to go do this. We got to do that. She was basically in control. We went on vacation this year. She planned the entire thing, the itinerary. Like, she just did all that stuff. Um, she is a true leader at our church. She's involved in so many different ministries and she serves and they just made her the director of our children's camp next year, which is a huge job that's always done by people much older than her. And so, you know, I look at her and I'm like, she is beyond prepared for, for life. She is, um, prepared in the ways that a test does not measure. So I, you know, I look at that and I think, okay, so homeschooling was successful. Um, She is definitely prepared for life. Are there gaps? Are there things we didn't do perfectly? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I never expected to end this journey and be like, done, we did it perfectly. Of course, there's things that I messed up. Of course, there's things that, you know, we could have tried harder in algebra. I mean, well, I shouldn't say we should have tried because we tried. We really tried. But the two of us together (laughs) could not get it together. So is she lacking in the math department? Yes. Uh, Is she going to be a mathematician? Absolutely not. Does she want to have anything to do with math outside of high school? Absolutely not, you know. So you can't do everything well. We've learned that. So what I'm what I'm focusing on with my children is, you know, what are the things, what are the gifts that God has given you? What are the God-given gifts and desires and passions that he has given you? And how do you use those now for life? So that's where we're at with her. Actually, with all of the teenagers, well, all of my kids, when I look at it, we're sort of developing that um that mindset of, you know, these are the things you need to do. Like, this is what I told her. These are the things you need to do now to graduate high school. So I can give you like a legit diploma that says you completed what you need to do for high school. So yes, there are certain things you need to do, you know, like the math and stuff like that. However, and she even said to me yesterday, mom, there's so many things that I need to focus on right now. There's so many things that I want to put my energy in like this job or it's not a job, a volunteer job at, um, church, you know, for the day camp. And, and, uh, she's in uh, several plays right now. She's cast in several different plays for different, um, theaters. And she's, that's her passion is musical theater. And she's like, I want to be working on that. She goes, and school is getting in the way. (laughs) And I'm like, you know what, sweetheart, I get it. Like, I want you at this stage in your life to be so focused every day on your passions. So how do we finish out, you know, the things we sort of have to do, but enable her to truly go after her passions? And we would not have been able to do that if we didn't homeschool. So I'm really grateful that we homeschool. So she, all of them are really sort of in tune with their God-given desires and their God-given passions. So we've been telling her all along, okay, you love musical theater. Like that's her passion and her desire, you know? And, and I believe that if God has given that to her, he's given that to her for a purpose. And how is she going to use that to glorify him? See, that's the difference between our culture and, you know, the Christian mindset or our family mindset is you have been given a gift and a desire and a passion from God 
so that you can use it for him. See, the world would say, okay, you love musical theater, go make yourself famous, <laughs> right? Go do whatever you have to do to get the part and make yourself famous and make it all about you. So especially for somebody who has this passion for musical theater, which can be a very worldly, um, self kind of absorbed career, it's like, no, you love the theater. How do we use that for God? And believe me, there's a million different ways, right? There's drama ministries, there's um, tons of ways to glorify the Lord through the arts. And so, you know, that's where we're at right now. It's like, what do what do we do with that? And she loves children and she hopes her little dream, or her little dream, her big dream is to have her own studio one day where she can use her gifts and her um, love for the theater and use it with children and, you know, hopefully incorporate her faith into that. We're involved in a lot of faith-based um, theater programs right now. So that's that's what she wants to do. Then there's my son who is two years behind her and his passions and his gifts that we've uncovered over the past few years are for um, graphic design. He totally takes after Steve in that. So he's the same way. It's like, okay, these are the things you have to kind of do now to meet your high school requirements and we want you to get those done. But when you're done with that, that is when it's like full speed ahead to put your effort into the things that you love. And that's why I am so thrilled that we can homeschool because again, life training, right? He knows the things he wants to do and he's able to spend, you know, all of his free time when he's done with his um, subjects that he needs to get done, then he can really, you know, focus on learning new programs and trying out new things. And we actually just enrolled him in a pre-college class. It's a full-blown college class um, online with an art school. So we'll see how that goes. And I'm really excited for him. So again, when they were younger and when they were little, we always used real life learning. Like I feel like our kids, they're training for life has really been because they've lived life with us. And so besides school, which, you know, like I said, the things you have to do, we still always tried to make their school very natural and practical instead of artificial learning. For instance, I remember when they were super little and we went to the grocery store and we were doing our grocery shopping, you know, they always came with me when they were little because, you know, homeschoolers, you have to do everything together when they're little. And they always came with me and they learned at a very early age about like budgeting and meal planning and couponing and lists and all that stuff. And we were at the grocery store one day and we saw the local um, public school was on their field trip <laughs> to the grocery store and they had like a fake little budget and the kids were supposed to fake shop and, you know, pretend to buy for a week's, you know, budget or whatever. And I remember one of the, the moms was on the trip and I knew her and she said, oh, are you guys doing this, the trip too? Like the school? Are you doing the little fake grocery shopping? And I was like, no, we're just grocery shopping. <laughs> like they just learn by being with us. When we moved a couple of years ago, we're going on four years now, when we moved to this little uh, hobby farm of ours, before we bought this house, we had bought another house um, and that had fallen through and it was a whole big you know, drama of selling our house and then that house fell through and then we couldn't sell our house and we had to back out of the deals and there was a lot of stuff that went on. But uh, you know, I look back and I'm like, boy, our kids learned more about mortgages and attorneys and inspections and real estate than I ever knew. I didn't know about any of that till I bought my first house, but they really understand the process because they were with us. And I could 
list millions of things that, you know, they have been living life with us, um, watching Steve run a business, watching things around here with the little hobby farm, um, just how we, you know, keep house and, and all those things. Like everybody is incorporated in everyday life. So we have our school subjects that we know we need to do. And then we have our real life, their immersion (laughs) education every single day. Um, And, you know, even with their school subjects, like I've always tried to make it very practical this year, for instance, well, Ethan, he is um, almost 10. He'll be 10 next month. And, um, oh, cry, cry. (laughs) My last one to start double digits. I'll have no more in single digits, but that's okay. God is good. I love watching them grow. Um, so he has just fallen in love with animals and he, um, the gift that God has given him and that desire in his heart is to be a farmer one day. Now, granted, I know he's only 10, that could change, but Right now, that is, you know, his world. He wants a farm and he loves animals and he reads about animals and that's become his true passion. So he, for science this year, I didn't buy him a formal curriculum because quite frankly, he's in fourth grade, you know, and sure there's, you know, certain things in science, the principles of science and the laws of science you have to learn and facts. And I feel like we talk about those things anyway. (laughs) And so... His science has just been, you know, researching the animals and reading books about animals on his own. I feel like he's learned so much more than if I had given him a science book and said, here, we're going to learn, you know, memorize all these facts. So this year, animal science is his science. He spent the summer, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I was showing that a little bit. He spent the summer with his little goat books, keeping a notebook, and he was literally copying this book about goats into his notebook, like all the facts he could. And his reading and writing just exploded over the summer. And I said to him, boy, I can't believe how well now you can read and how you know much your writing has improved. And he goes, well, that's because I was interested in it. And it's like, well, duh, right? Why don't we like, you know, we can tailor our children's education where they're not feeling like they have to do these, you know, rote memorization of things where they can learn the things they want to learn and they can pursue the things they want to do. And the learning just happens more naturally. So speaking of the goat, I know I alluded to this in the beginning of the podcast, but we had, I think if you guys are following me over on Instagram, you're going to watch this weekend because we went and saw two goats this morning that are for sale, two organic dairy goats, and their names are Thelma and Louise. Are you kidding me? They're so cute. <laughs> and so the woman who is selling them is so kind and nice because my husband called and said, you know, We have this almost 10-year-old who is basically goat-obsessed these days, and he's been planning where, you know, he's researched every kind of goat. Um, He's researched how we're going to build a pen for them and where they're going to live at our house and, well, not in our house, I mean outside. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just really done his research. And so she said, you know, come on over and he can try to milk the goats and, he can see what he thinks. So we went this morning, he milked the goats. It was the first time he's ever milked a goat. And um, we're going to go back for the next few days. And if, you know, 
If it works out, I think Thelma and Louise will be coming home with us shortly. So you're going to want to follow along on that. You know, I started posting about it on my Instagram and it's become like a thing. Like everybody's rooting for Ethan to get his goat. So come on over to Instagram and uh, root for Ethan to get his goat. So, because one of the things I posted the other day was so funny. He texted Steve at work. <clears throat> he has, you know, a little old iPhone. He doesn't, trust me, he doesn't have like uh, access to a uh, true blue smartphone, but he has like a little old iPod that he can text on. He basically texts Steve and I. And so he texted Steve at work and he said, I need to talk to you tonight. We need to have a meeting about the goat. And when Steve came home, he had a meeting with Steve. He took him out there. He showed him, you know, his measurements and where everything should go in the barn. And it's just so fun to watch. It's so fun to watch our kids with their God-given desires and passions and see what he has planned for them. And that's the bottom line when I talk about life training and real life learning. It's not necessarily about what do you want to be when you grow up? It's what does God want you to be, you know? And what did God design you for? Because he has given you a purpose. He has given you a um, gift or a special desire in your heart or passions. He has given those to you. Now, how do we use them and use them for the purpose that he has designed you for? And ultimately, all of our purposes is to glorify God in everything we do. So it's been really fun to watch all of that unfold. Um, and so when I talk about real life learning and life training and things like that, if you're a homeschooler out there and if not, it's really just about treating our children, um, you know, as little, you know, God given, they have little God given purposes and looking at them and saying, you know, let's help them uncover what they were made to be. And it doesn't have to look like the world. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, trying to keep up with the standardized test scores and things like that. Because ultimately, at the end of their life, no one is going to say you got a perfect score on your SAT score, but you lived for God, you lived for others, you served, you had an eternal perspective in mind. Those are the things that are important. I want to teach my children to um, be good citizens of heaven, <laughs> right? We are training them not necessarily just for earth. We're training them for beyond. And so when we have that eternal perspective and we say, you know, is this really important in the full scheme of things? It helps so much more not to get down on yourself and say, you know, they didn't get the highest score on the SAT and say, what does really matter? What is most important? And you know what? When that happens too, saying, okay, so we're just taking out a whole bunch of schools that you probably wouldn't go to because you need a higher SAT. So then obviously God doesn't want you there. Where does he want you? And really trying to uncover the purposes for them that God has made them for. So whether you're a homeschooler or not, we can look at our children all the same. How can we prepare them for life? How are we training them for life? How are we using real life situations? We don't have to read about a situation and a word problem to figure it out. We can get out there and do it. You know, that's another thing with, with school. There's this artificial kind of setup. Like I said, with the grocery store, we do the pretend shopping. Well, our kids get to do the real shopping, you know, or in a, in a word problem, you know, so-and-so had a garden and they had to buy a fence and it was this 
many feet by this many feet. No, our kids, it's like, let's go outside and put together the garden. Let's do the math in the garden. Let's measure how much do we need for the fencing, you know? Little Ethan with the goats. I mean, he was doing math there because he was measuring uh, the stalls and and what we're going to need to um, have to keep the goats for their shelter. And and we're going to kind of convert part of our barn for them. So there's math right there. It's real life learning. That is what we really need to be preparing them for, not just to, you know, check off boxes on a worksheet. I would much rather my children see things in action and learn by doing and learn by real life. You know, I could give you tons of examples, um, but real life learning, but real quick, I will just say, you know, like the chickens around here, the garden, cooking, um, the things that we have to do, just everyday chores, um, you know, all of that stuff is incorporating things that they are going to need training for someday because someday they're going to have their own home and someday they're going to need to know these things. So don't be afraid to allow your children, even if they're not capable of doing all the jobs, but allowing them to be a part of it. When we got the chickens, they built the coop together with Steve. They were right there, you know, um, hands-on learning, doing all of those things. Don't be afraid. My boys now can do far more than I even can do. It's like I need a job done. I ask them to do it. I don't know how to cut all the wood and do all the stuff. <laughs> so, you know, they are perfectly capable now that they're teenagers of doing so much because we have always allowed them from a very young age to be part of everything. I remember when they were really young and we were in our old home and we remodeled our bathroom. They were right there doing it. They were helping. They were watching. Steve was explaining everything he was doing as they went. Just about two years ago now, my son, who um, is 15, probably 13 or 14 at the time, actually helped Steve remodel my mother-in-law's bathroom, like legit help Steve, not just like, you know, he was there watching him and Steve remodeled the entire bathroom. I mean, these are the skills that they will need to have their own family someday. And not to mention all of the spiritual lessons that you can incorporate all the time. You know, when you're, when you're training your children for life, when I say life training, yes, there's all these practical skills and there's chores and there's math and there's science, but guess what the most important life training there is? Spiritual training and being able to prepare them for life by preparing them with the most important things that they need to know. Number one, God's word, training them every day to be in his word. If you want to train your children for life, equip them with God's word. There is no greater book out there. There is nothing that will prepare them for life more than to be walking with God and to know his truth. So that would be the number one thing. You know, there's all these life skills. There's all these practical things. There's all these things. What did, what did God create you to be? Well, ultimately God created you as a child of God and you are to live for him. So that is the first and foremost thing that goes into any of our training for our children is that spiritual training. And that to me is the most important thing. If I can only incorporate that and only teach them that, then they are well on their way to everything else. So I hope this encouraged you. I hope this would give you a little glimpse into how we've done um, our life training here in our homeschool. But quite honestly, 
anyone can look at these um, principles, whether, like I said, you're a homeschooler or not, and, and you know you want to incorporate these things into your home and into raising your children. I'd love to hear how you guys out there are um, training your children for life. Are you kind of like set in the, the ways of the textbook and the tests, or are you a little bit more hands-on like we are? I would love to continue the conversation. So go over there to Facebook or on the blog. Um, and if you're listening to this on iTunes and it's blessed you in any way, I would appreciate it if you could rate and review it. Um, if you have not liked the podcast or you have some sort of, um, you know, conflict with it, I would encourage you to eat email me at Karen at simplylivingforhim.com, you know, and we could talk about it. And I, I would love for you to bring any issues that maybe I discuss on here that you don't agree with. I would love for you to bring them directly to me because you know what I find that happens? People love to rate and review you when they have something negative to say and they don't go directly to you. I get so many emails telling me, you know, that the podcast blessed them and telling me that they enjoyed it and that it was helpful. And then I get the comments over on, you know, the public places like iTunes or whatever that aren't quite as positive. So if you have something positive to say, it would help so much if you could put it out there on a rate or review. And if you have an issue, I am a hundred percent open to, you know, discussing it. And, um, if there's something on here that you don't agree with, bring it to me directly and let's talk about it. So thank you again for listening. And until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.